Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an exciting edition of Training Unleashed. I'm actually really excited. We have a great guest, Victoria Roos Olson. She's with Franklin Covey. She's a senior leadership consultant. But uh, I don't know, more important. Franklin Covey is pretty darn important. Uh, <laughs> but very importantly, she is also uh, one of the authors of Everyone Deserves a Great Manager. And this is a publication in, in conjunction with Franklin Covey. And in fact, they're now doing workshops entitled uh, six, The Six Critical Practices for, a, for Leading a Team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to be talking about leadership and how to lead a team. And, and of course, as training professionals, we all have to be either leading teams ourselves or teaching people how to lead teams. Uh, and everything Franklin Covey does is interesting, at least it is to me. Uh, so first, uh, I want to welcome you to the show. And it's a thrill to have you here. Well, thank you so much. And it's lovely to be here. I'm going to, I, I, I'm known for asking really tough questions. Oh, are you? <laughs> I am, but I'm going to start with the easy one, which is what inspired the book? Oh, that's a really good question. And an important question, I think as well. There are a few things that really made us really, really want to write this book. Uh, one thing is that it's more important than ever to really work and develop managers around the globe today for organizations. And an interesting fact is just from a recent article in Harvard Business Review that most managers get their first managerial role at the age of, do you have any guesses? What do you think? What age do you normally get your first managerial role? 28. Yeah, pretty close. So 30. So the average is 30, apparently. But more interesting, especially for all the L&D professionals out there, is that the average age where you get your first training session in management, guess what that is? 42. You're absolutely right. So Did a, seriously? I was a total yes. guess. No, no, no. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But can you imagine? It's like over a decade where people, where you throw people into this role. And I mean, what other profession would you do that? Just, hey, good luck, you know, and... I, I will, I will share with you that when I interview people for jobs, yeah. I always ask them, what book have you read recently mm-hmm. around your profession? So, you know, someone's applying for a sales job and they haven't read a book on selling or yeah. a manager job, they haven't read a book on management. I mean, it, you, know, you know, of course, the right answer is, oh, I just listened to Training Unleashed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And I will tell them everything we know too. But, but really, I think... You know, from a person, I, I love business results. I love to see organizations grow. And I'm just thinking, how can leaders take this risk, right? Of, yeah. You know, the, the, the front-level leaders, those are the ones that influence everything from customer service, innovation, team member engagement, all of these things that we all feel so passionate about, right? But yeah. so it's like a big business risk. And I, I do, I, and I am sharing that story in the book. We'll, we'll talk more about the book in, in, in a second. But 
about my friend, Sophia, who um, has had a very successful career within sales. And so this is over a decade ago. She called me and she goes, hey, Victoria, I have this great news. I've, I've got a promotion and I'm going to take on the entire sales team. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Congratulations. Yeah. So that's why I'm calling you because, you know, I really need you to tell me what is it that I need to know? You know, what are the most important things? Like, <laughs> Yeah, sure. When do you start? And she's like, oh yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so, and then like, so how much time do you have? Yeah, 30 minutes. Can you just tell me like the most important things? And I think those were the factors that kind of gave birth to this book and this idea. We didn't want, it's not like a huge theoretical book with lots of different stuff, but it's, it's really quite a pragmatic book. It's not too thick just because we love lots of words, but it's really simple, practical, critical, I'd say. Well, it actually reminds me a lot of the seven habits, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and which I'm sure is no accident. No. Uh, but, you know, you, you really, you know, as I'm sitting here looking at it, I mean, you're, you're talking about a leadership mindset and, mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, holding regular one-on-ones. We also talk about time management, all, all of those things. That, and I looked at the list. And I said, you know what? This is a, this is a great list of yeah. key skills that a great leader needs to have. Yeah. Uh, so it was your friend that inspired you to think about, what an everyday leader needs. That's, that's Yeah, that's, that's how really it kind cool. of got started. This idea for me that I really wanted to write this book one day. It should be like this, almost like a manual, you know, these are the things to do. So that's how it started. No, I, I, I wrote a book and my inspiration was I wanted to leave something for my kids. Oh, that's and great. And that's why I wrote my book. And, you know, because I have something for them. Uh, one of them totally refuses to read it. But, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, that's another story. No, but um, I love it because I'm actually, I think that's one of the next books I want to write. I have two teenage daughters and I really want to say, you know, what, what's important for female leaders out there. And I, I, yeah. I think that you're absolutely right. The idea of like, okay, the things we do know, how can we help others to take that on? Yeah, exactly. So I want to ask you, we'll call this in the more tough questions, but okay. I have no doubt mm -hmm. you can answer it. Is <laughs> You, you know, your title, your title is great manager. And then you say practical ideas for leading a team. And I think the term manager and leader are sometimes used interchangeably, but what's the difference in your mind of a manager and a leader? Oh, I, I love that you asked this question because we've been debating this so much internally in, in amongst the authors and in our big Franklin Covey team. And, um, you know, so it's been called everyone deserves a great leader as well for a while. And then it's yeah. gone back and forth for managers. And um, I'm not so picky, me personally, between manager and leader. And what I think we wanted to create was the idea that this is quite pragmatic. This is the first step. And many people, when they hear the word leader, they will relate and think about, okay, we're talking about the C-suite here. And uh, while I'm thinking, well, a manager, it's, okay, you get this job, you get this position, this is what it says on your title. So what are the more practical skills that goes with that? So yeah. that was our reasoning. Uh, but, and we're also pointing it out in the book, even like we use them interchangeably, even in the language of the book. Well, I had, and I, I have no idea how many episodes, but for me, it was a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a, a gentleman who, uh, Larry Gatch, who was a, uh, Navy SEAL. 
And he really talked about how everybody has to be a leader. Mm. Some people are managers, yeah. but everybody in their role has to have a degree of leadership uh, in terms of what they do and how they interact with people. I agree. I agree. And I was just even just yesterday talking to uh, the teachers of uh, my daughter's new high school, you know, and, and talking about that. Are you considering how you're growing these future leaders? Because that's what they're doing. So I, I fully agree with you. It's, it's not in your title if yeah. you're a leader or not. There are so many brilliant opportunities to be a leader in our society today. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I, I, um, I totally feel that way. And there are people that no matter what role, whether they have anyone reports them or not, are looked up to and people lead yeah. because they enroll people in their yeah. vision in life. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very powerful. So I love your titles, uh, your, your six distinctions. And, you know, I, you know, people here are here to learn. So why don't we just start with, tell us what, when you talk about developing a, leader, a leader's mindset, what does that mean? Well, maybe that's the, the shortest practice, but in a sense, the most essential one, because if you don't get this right, you won't really do any of the others well. You know, this is the starting point. And I think for many also the most difficult ones, because most managers, and this is a reality today, you know, they got their promotion because they did their previous job so well. I mean, I, I usually ask audiences when I work with managers, who in here got your promotion because you did, you know, and most people, yeah, that's exactly it. I was the best sales manager or I was the best operator. And that's sort of, that's that what's, make, what's making it complicated, if you wish, because now here they are. And usually when you take on new challenges, you use your past experiences. That's what's going to make you successful. But here we're like, no. No, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to move that aside. You're whatever it is that you've been using. And instead of thinking, hey, how am I going to get my sales numbers here? What can I do to elevate this entire team, which requires different skills? So it's the starting point. Now, you're, you're totally right. It is, you know, if you're shifting from an individual contributor role where you're proud and you're competitive, to a role where you're leading a team, where your your job is to have the team succeed is very, very different. Yeah. And, and I do think how you frame your mind is how how think, you know, you you can define your outcomes. Yeah. So let's let's talk about one-on-ones for a second, but I'm not gonna ask you what is one-on-ones. No. I think most people know what a one-on-one -on -one so. is. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask you this question. Are annual reviews dead? Oh, that is a very good question. I think they're definitely dying. Uh, uh, but I, I think at least in the format that we use them today, you know, who would ever even like ask their customers for feedback once a year? You know, those, the, yeah. that's, we, we don't do that. But what I do think is a good thing that we can use that, you know, not in the format of annual reviews, but is you can have an annual check-in an annual status of like hey how are we said you know just like for myself for example i have a mission statement or who's victoria what is it that i want to do and be in my life and i take time every new year and every summer to revisit that to see like take a little bit of time out perspective and do that so i i'm not going to say to everyone hey don't have these meetings but don't have them in the 
previous format, like check in how you're doing and doing the feedback that, you know, that needs to happen much more. So frequently. it's, it's, it's almost like a personal development program. Uh, meeting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, definitely like that a lot. Um, but, and, and, I, and I think also here, when it comes to one-on-one, what we see, I'm sorry, I'm just going to, I feel go, so go ahead, please. passionate about this because I do think, and myself, I've also fallen definitely into this trap. I've led lots of teams and I've had lots of one-on-ones and it's so easy that you fall into this trap that you're having your one-on-one and it's kind of like, hey, how did last week go? And what, what's on your calendar for this week? And, and do you need any support from me this week? Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Good luck. See you later. Right. You, you recognize that. And I think if you do that, if that's how your one-on-ones end up becoming, what you become is kind of a monitor. You're just checking the status. And what we want to communicate is, Hey, this is like your one chance to close all this noise and things going around in the world outside and just really sit down and think about how can I help you raise your engagement? You know, how can you feel more passionate and creatively excited about what you do? And I think that's where you can really make a big difference as a leader, if you wish. So how long, how much time would you say a one-on-one meeting or a range would last? I mean, I try to be, dis- it should not be if you do them weekly, because that's what I think you should try to do. It should be 20 minutes, unless there's something, you know, really big that has happened and there's a special, but you should try to be pretty disciplined on that 20 to 30 minutes max. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about weekly mm-hmm. um, and, and I would say you probably are a greater expert in this area than I. But do you vary at all by the level of person you're managing? Well, yes and no. I, I, because I, a lot of people are like, hey, if you have a really senior person who's you know, very strong, do they really need you to hold their hands Every, like once a week? See this, this is like your opportunity. What I say, it's, it's actually going to save both of you time. Because you most likely, if you're in the corporate world and you're having a pretty busy life. So this is the chance to really be there and really listen to each other and really take on all this stuff. So use it if your person is a little bit more senior, well, use the conversations and let them be a little bit more strategic then. Use this opportunity to see, all right, what are we doing to grow the business? And, uh, and I think if you do that well, the results that will generate rather than just like this quick in the hallway chat will be worthwhile the investment. So just out of curiosity, do you notice the receptiveness and the interest in having one-on-ones being different by generation? Yeah, I do. Uh, And I I find that, um, so this is my, I don't know if you agree, but I'm I'm thinking of the, the teams that I've led, the younger, the more like the millennial generation entering the, you know, they love to have their one-on-ones, you know, there's, and if you, it's not that if you look back to, I, I don't know, I, so as you know, I grew up in Sweden and we, the way we had was like, you had a quarterly review every semester with your teacher and with your parents and you were kind of discussing, so how did things go? Yeah. It was very much the teacher telling me, okay, Victoria's doing this and that. 
now when you're when you're in school it's like you have a, a meeting and it's with your mentor and the student is talking about himself or himself you know it's a completely different approach and the younger generation they're grown up with this so that's i think where we have a bit of a mismatch in the labor market because they're coming out and they're like hey why doesn't anyone want to listen to me because everyone has listened to me and really i've been heard my entire life so I, I think it's quite important if you're leading the younger generation to take it slightly more serious than you might. Yeah, I, I, I find that the younger generation likes one-on-ones, likes training, uh, likes talking about how they can, you know, up-level themselves and become better and stronger. And I find the older people that I manage tend to, you know, want to skip their one-on-ones because, you know, I'm really busy at the moment. Uh, and, and they feel like the one-on-one is more like, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm micromanaging you yeah. than I'm here to support. I, I truly, I want to just highlight this to people. You used the word when you were talking about the meetings about how can I support you, which is a much better term than how can I help you. Yeah. Uh, you know, support is by its nature supportive and help implies weakness. Yeah. Um, so language is, language is extremely important in the world and you, you, you use language well. So I want to point that out, um, and acknowledge you for that. Well, Um, thank you. And, and, and you're right. And I think we should not also underestimate the importance of, of sharing. Why are we having these one-on-ones, you know, you know, talk about that, declare that. And we're using, that's the benefit of writing a book under the Franklin Covey flag because we have so many beautiful models that we can use. And, and one of them is the levels of engagement and it is in there. And I'm, I'm, I'm just telling everyone, hey, don't let this be your own little managerial secret, you know, talk about it. Share. Hey, this is, where do you think you are? And how can we help, you know, what can we do to make this happen? And that's, that's a, an important point. Don't let it be like yeah. your own little managerial toolkit, but see what you can do to, to bring it out so it's more of a teamwork. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortal.net. That's T O R T A L. Portal.net. So I also noticed that you talked about the fact you have your own individual uh, mission and vision and, and things of that nature. Uh, I have a personal one, mm-hmm. which implies into business, but also implies into my life as mm-hmm. a whole. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm a stand for helping each person I interact with make the world a better place. Um, which to me at work means I'm a stand for supporting and developing people and mm-hmm. contributing to them and, and in a meaningful way. Um, do you coach into that? Do you encourage people to do that? Is it part of the, the book? Not this particular book. Uh, we don't spend so much time on that, but we do do that in many of our different programs. And I, exactly, I encourage I mean, any leader to, or any, as you, let's talk about leaders in the broad term, you, you yeah. know, um, 
to really do have a mission statement. And for me, I, what I do is that I, I have a few words that are my, my key core, and then I look at my most important roles. So like, so what does this mean in my role as a mother? Or what does this mean in my role as a leader? And, and then I kind of draw it out from there. Does, does it make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you can build it and yeah, I worked with mine for over 20 years now. So it's, of course it's been with me for a long time and, but still it's, it's the same main message. You know, a lot of people, and I don't know if, if, if you agree, but like I have a son of mine I, that's a freestyle skier and very successful and he drew vision boards yeah. Um, and he had his own mission statement and he put pictures of what he was trying to achieve mm -hmm. and, and all that. And, and amazingly enough, he's like achieved everything in his vision board. Uh, you see. Which is, which is pretty cool. Um, so we're not going to have time to go through all the chapters. And of course, <laughs> I, I think this is a book that is kind of a, a must read book. Uh, and, you know, I would encourage everyone. I mean, it's fundamentally, these are the key, the key things you need to uh, to succeed to succeed and um i i think the fact that your book is really part of the curriculum of franklin cubby now and people mm -hmm. can go yeah. and take courses on it is a, a, a you know it's certainly a testament to your to your curriculum yeah uh, and, and i have no doubt not a mistake <laughs> it wasn't by accident but i you know i i sit here and there there are two other things i'd like to maybe talk about because mm -hmm. i don't think we talk about them enough uh, one is leading your team through change. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Change is so, you know, what, what we say is that most people, they love change when they are the ones initiating it, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's great, you know, with the new and people will say, Hey, I love change. I think it's so exciting when you are the one who came up with the plan. What we don't really like is when change is kind of happening to us. And I, I think this is the key where, again, we, we start to talk with the mindset because I think back to change management trainings that we've been to, how it's been a little bit the approach previously that if you are a manager or leader, you should kind of protect your team from this horrible change that is now going to happen. While we try to say, hey, don't do that. Let them in on this. You know, you can champion change with your team and, and bring them in, but how can you, you know, use your creative heads, you're all in this together to go on further. So again, here we have, I mean, personally, I love models and tools because I think in, in, in difficult times, it's so nice to sort of lean back to a little bit and think, oh, hey, other people went through this too. And it was quite tricky, you know. So in, in this chapter, we have a change model that really talks about the zones that you go through emotionally. And what you as a manager and leader can do to help your team through these different zones. And, you know, in the perfect world, you would wish that everyone on your team kind of, you know, took hands and walked zone by zone together, which they don't. So what is it that you can do to help everyone as smoothly as possible feel excited and go on to the zone of better performance? That's, that's really insightful. And, and I, I like the fact that you're looking at, and recognizing di different individuals go through the process differently. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, change is as, ne as inevitable as the sun rising. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you can't, uh, you know, you could, 
you know, there, there, uh, John Maxwell has a quote, and I, I'm paraphrasing the quote, which is, if you've always done what you've always yeah. done, you always will get what you've always gotten. And, and I totally get his point of the quote. So when I say what I'm going to say, uh, it's really not against the quote, but, but it's really, his statement's really not true from the point of view, the world keeps changing, right? Yeah. So if, you know, if you were in the buggy whip business, you know, you could have kept doing what you were always doing and your sales would have gone out, gone away. Yeah. Because the, exactly. the world is yeah. changing. And yeah, I, I, that, that's a quote that also, actually, I love it, the quote too, but I see exactly where you're coming. It, we don't, that won't bring you to status quo. Yeah. You will go behind, backwards. You have to keep evolving. Mm. And the, the word I'm using lately, I don't know why, is up-leveling. Oh, um, I like that. I, you know, I just, I, I like it. Um, and then, Good. you know, we need cliches, you know, green and growing or ripe or rotting. There we go. We've covered them all now. <laughs> <laughs> I love cliches. Let's use them more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? Let's bring them back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the last one I want to I want to talk to you about is um, uh, managing your time and energy. Mm. And what I find interesting about this topic is, you know, your Franklin Covey organization. Yeah. Uh, I have my Franklin planner in the day, yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, I think. They still, even you know, electronically, they're big leaders in time management. What were the kind? Of, what are some of the new things about time management and energy that uh, that you learned and shared in your book? I so I feel so passionate about this chapter. So I'm happy that you picked it. Um, and I, I think a frustration for me, who worked with so many leaders for a long time, coaching them on this, is that a lot of people we actually know what it is we need to do to manage our time and energy. We, we know, but we just don't do, you know, because, yeah. and I, I see for a few different reasons, I think you see some that maybe they're just so extremely passionate about uh, their job that they're, you know, they forget about everything else. And this is their entire focus, kind of maybe forgetting that maybe not everyone else on their team is just as passionate about it as well. I see other leaders who see this as, almost out of nobility, you know, like I should put myself last. And if there's, it's like a reward, but I mean, yeah. who else, who would say to their car, Hey, I'll fill you up with gas when you've shown me that you can drive along, you know, like, <laughs> you know, who would do that? And I think so again, it comes up with the mindset. I think it's so important. And I, what we're trying to share is a little bit like the latest research in here when we're in this chapter that actually this, I think, is going to be the most critical or one of the most critical management competencies of the future. And it's not only to manage your own energy and time, which is critical because it's the starting point, but you will need to be able to coach your team members to do that. And I see two main reasons for that. The obvious one is rate of burnout is higher than ever. You know, so it's, it used to be that our biggest challenge was employee turnover because they left to competition, but now they, they leave to leave the labor market because they're burned out. So, you know, how do you do that strategically? But also the labor market is changing and all these routine tasks, you know, that have been done they say already now that 40% of the job that we know today as we know them will cease to exist because they'll be replaced by artificial intelligence, by robots. Sure. And 
that means in turn that, okay, so what is our competitive advantage as humans? And that's our brain, right? Yeah. So then we need to say, all right, so as a manager, I, I need to feed the creativity of my team and myself because we need to be able to be innovative and think out of the box. And that's the good thing about writing this book in 2019 because now we have the brain research that shows us that it's not just to be nice, you know, but you need to eat the right stuff. You need to move. I mean, if you sit down, every time you sit down for four hours without moving, you shorten your life with 11 minutes. You know, so when I do leadership <laughs> workshops, yeah, when I do leadership workshops, I make people come up and we do squats, you know, I, you know, just, we need that blood <laughs> flowing in the body and it's important to know. So you're not going to go out for a run just because you should look good, which a lot of people mistake it for, but you should do it to, for your mental well-being. So those are the things that we really, yeah, you can hear. I'm a running coach. I'm a yoga instructor. I, I feel very passionate about this. And I do think it's important that we bring it into the workplace now because it's not some extracurricular thing. It's something that we need to do to, to produce what it is that we want to produce. So first off, I enjoy what you're talking about. Uh, I would say it's very rare to hear people talk about energy yeah. Um, in, in terms of your work performance, your team's work performance. Uh, but I do think uh, both physical and mental energy is, is important. And how people are thinking as they're working in terms of are they positive? Um, yeah. You know, are they have an intention yeah. that's in the right direction. These are, are, are really critical things. Uh, I have never been a master of teaching anyone underneath me uh, working out, being in shape. Uh, I joke because I am overweight, but I, I'm in good physical shape. Yeah. I do work out. I ski a lot. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in, I care about my health, Yeah. but I've never really brought it up in a context of, of work. So in, but you know. I, I think it's important to know. I think that's a problem with today's society that people buy a gym card and then they go to the gym three times a week and on their way to the gym, they take the car and then they go up by the escalator, uh, you know, and they, then they do their one very expensive hour of workout. And that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about how do you get movement into your life? Exactly what you're saying, uh, you know, move because it makes you smarter, happier. I mean, there's so much research now showing that if there would have been a pill that would give the same effect to your brain and to your mental well-being and protect you from depression, that would work as well as running three times a week, you know, or a brisk power walk or whatever it is that, that suits you. You know, if that person, if that pill was invented, the person who did that would win the Nobel Prize because it would have such a dramatic effect. So, I don't think you should go and necessarily buy people a gym card and force everyone to run this race, but it's getting it and help your team to see how that actually makes you smarter. Just like you would encourage yeah. them to, to read articles on the topics, what you're working on, or be interested in customer service. And yeah. Uh, it's a very, it's a very, it's a, it's a very, it's a very good, very, very good point. 
Um, and there, there is definitely something to be said for my own life, knowing that the times I'm better fit, I'm feeling better, I'm more productive, I'm thinking clearer. There um, you go. We most of us, we know, yes, right? <laughs> we, we know. We absolutely know. And I'm also a big believer at work that you have to get away from the desk and clear your mind mm -hmm. and take breaks, yeah. even though you don't want to. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's, in, it's interesting to me because I think a lot of people are doers yeah. and not thinkers. And they, they you know, to, uh, to steal another, another cliche, they, they work, <laughs> Go on, they, you they can work, do it. <laughs> they work in and not on their business. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in every role, you, you need to have time to uh, work, you know, to think outside the block. So I'm going to compliment all our listeners because the people that listen to this yeah. podcast are people that are committed to learning about new things. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and that to me is, is, is a wonderful thing. I, I agree. Congratulations, everyone. Thank you for taking time out to listen and hear something new because that also gives new insights and thoughts. And I hope we could contribute with a few things today. So can you tell everyone about the new, the, the new course that Covey's offering on, based on this book mm -hmm. um, and how people can find out about it? Yeah, so of course. So the book is called, as you said, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager. And the course is called Six Critical Practices to Leading a Team. And it's a, a course that, and we've spoken, we, we pitch it and we talk a lot about that it's for the frontline manager, for the unit managers. Uh, I also find that so many senior leaders are benefiting from this course because it's kind of a sense check. And if you're a senior leader, you usually have managers reporting into you so you're really in management development right Absolutely. um so you actually wherever you have you know you can go to our homepage and franklincovey.com and here you have all the information you can also go there's a homepage called everyone deserves a great manager and here you find specific information about the book and about the three authors that's, that's off of the franklin covey website mm -hmm. so you that's a, you don't yes. have your own url yes exactly okay. uh so so but you know if if you want to look book for keynotes or if you want to book the courses and and what franklin covey what we do have which is pretty cool and a little bit new is the all access pass which is kind of like a virtual library if you wish where all our content is so you mentioned seven habits before we have programs on execution we have all different kinds and you can kind of pick and choose whatever fits for your specific organization so very cool i i mean i i started my career with franklin covey as a client facilitator when i was working in dubai as a and i used the franklin covey material and train the employees of my organization so there are many ways to interact with us at franklin covey cool so i always end the show and ask the guests if there was one piece of advice or one tip they wanted to share what would that be oh i have so many many cliches now coming <laughs> <laughs> no but um one thing that i i do feel quite passionate about and especially the world as it is today there's so many things going on and I know so many people are really striving to do something good and to make a difference. And sometimes I just think that maybe we don't see the opportunity that is just right in front of us. So 
if we are actually leading a team and it doesn't matter if it's a team of three or 300, you really have an opportunity to influence this world. You know, if you can help them feel better and grow and learn the ripple effect of that, of, of that team, they're going home to their families and create, yeah, I just think you have this wonderful opportunity to make a difference. So that would be my word of parting to send out to everyone. And I, I love that and ripple effect, another cliche. So yeah. you accomplished <laughs> your, your cliche goal. Um, but, you know, when I was talking about my mission, that's what I think is mm. I impact one person that impacts the world. Yeah. Because it becomes a ripple. Mm. Uh, so I, I, love, I love your message. So on behalf of the listeners and thank the listeners, but on behalf of the listeners, thank you very much for being on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.